Welcome back, folks, to another Ag Watchers podcast. Andrew, one of my most exciting ones we're going to have with, um, I would say, the most important processor in Australia that we've got online here. Um, the, 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 po- the podcast that we waited to episode 95 to, to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, couldn't, we couldn't drag it out to the 100th episode because we're just too excited. Um, we've got Jim Arrowsmith. I was going to pronounce it as Aerosmith and say we had Aerosmith on the podcast, but it's Jim Arrowsmith from Pacdon uh, Park. And um, people that listen to the podcast regularly would know our love of all things offal related, particularly black pudding and, and obviously your heritage, Andrew Haggis. Um, so we reached out to, to, to Jim just to see if we could have a chat about some of the glorious products that he makes. Uh, Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. T- t- tell us, Jim, Jim, who are you? Where are you from? You've got an accent as so, well. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've lost my accent, but you've got a bit of an accent. No, no, you've not. No, you've not. I know where you're from. Uh, I'm from uh, Chorley in Lancashire, which is northwest England. Town motto is beware, which says a lot about us. <laughs> so, um, yeah, backpacking around Australia, couldn't find a decent pork pie, black pudding haggis. Here we are. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple. So, very, very simple. So we're going to get into a bit more detail. We're, going to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're not going to let you off that easy. But we've got our uh, sixth sense, our psychological test of our guests where we want to know whether they're mental or not so we we we, we will ask you a couple of questions or we'll, we'll say a couple of words you give us a response we will then send it off for assessment and then we'll send you a, re- a report in the mail that will tell you well whether you need to be sectioned or not so i'm ready matt, matt first word fake meat uh <laughs> Uh, no comment. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on the podcast? Yeah, of course you are. Oh, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> you can read between the lines there then. Black pudding. Um, beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I just before we go on to the next one, I just want to to give you the response when we said the same question last week to one of our one of our Ukrainian guests. Their response was brown. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get that. Haggis. Uh, awfully good. <laughs> you, you're after one word, weren't you? But that that's good. No, that a, fra- a, fra- a, fra- a phrase <laughs> is good. Phrase is good for us. Crocs, the footwear. Um, <laughs> Isabel, my my uh, two year old. It's all she likes to wear. Labour force issues. Um, uh, I, well, I was going to say daily, but that isn't. We've got a pretty good team, but um, there's always issues, isn't there? So I will say daily. The the ashes. Oh. <laughs> uh, um. Start where you finish. No comment. I know. I know. We, don't, we don't play cricket in England, so I don't know too much about it. Fair enough. Just, just like we don't play football in Scotland. <laughs> yes. Right. so let, let's get into the nitty gritty of it. You, you, you came over here as a backpacker. You, you mentioned, and you couldn't yeah. get a por- you couldn't get a good pork pie. That's it. 
So, so tell us, tell us a bit more about a bit more detail than that. Sure. So, so my business partner Pete and I, we're both from the same town. He was a, a chef who hated chefing, so loves food, thinks in flavors, fantastic cook, uh, but just hated the hours, hated all that sort of stuff. I just finished at uni in the UK, Liverpool, doing um, uh, business studies and marketing, and and I'd previously done some pig farming work. Um, so Pete and I decided to go backpacking. Uh, it was a, a day in <coughs> London, a week in New York, a month in Fiji, and a year in Australia. That was the the run. We got to Australia, um, traveling around, basing ourselves on my godfather's pig farm, which was um, in a little place called Bunaloo. Bunahoo, Bunaloo, blink and you miss it. Middle of nowhere. Um, well, a sort of a, a almost a two-hour return trip to to town. If you forget a pint of milk, you you know about it. Um, so we base ourselves on the farm. We travel around um, exploring Australia, but we could never find a decent pork pie. So my my godfather, who was from Yorkshire, we're from Lancashire, he was from Yorkshire. He said, uh, "Well, buy my pigs, and I'll give you an old derelict farmhouse to live in, and a." Uh, an old, um, even more derelict dairy building to turn into a little commercial kitchen, little factory. So we said, great, we'll do just that. So we we converted this dairy. We tiled for a month. We built our own first pot pie machine and stainless steel benches and what have you. And we got going, we got signed off by the, the council and the, um, the food authority, New South Wales Food Authority. And so we had to teach ourselves to butcher. So we got this DVD, Hugh and Ray Pig in a Day. And we uh, <laughs> we took our being poor backpackers our telly was about you know four inches wide and about 25 inches long we took that into the factory dvd player on the top of it we saw in a pig in half we uh, we worked the dvd player off the telly and smashed it to smithereens so it took us two dvd players to butcher learn to butcher but that that sort of got us going and that was the start of the business really we uh, we had backpackers as our staff for the first two years um from every part of the world germany ireland um my wife, she was a backpacker. She uh, came from Rochdale near Manchester, uh, came to Australia as an environmental scientist to work on the Great Barrier Reef and ended up as a black pudding maker. <laughs> and the rest is history. So um, so our, our thing really with, with business is we use nose to tail of the free range pig and we just make what we miss from home. So nothing goes to waste. So and so, when how long ago was this, uh, Jim? When you first so got out here, and- we were we were backpacking in two thousand and six, and we started the business in two thousand and eight. Jesus, so it's and, and so you say you say you say now the coverage of the product. So you you I guess you call yourself an independent producer um, of of these products. Um, yeah. So what, what, like, I've obviously, we, we, I got in touch with you because Andrew and I have eaten your packed on yep. products um, many times, and yep. um, and uh, we're a big fan of the product, uh, as we are of just the, you know, the, the type of food it is in terms of black, <laughs> black pudding or offal, yeah, anything yeah. with offal. Um, but, you know, you, are you just kind of based within Australia or are you just kind of local? To, like we get it in Victoria, but are you around the country? Yeah. What's the distribution so- of the... Of the so we're, we're based on the New South Wales Vic border, for those that don't know, Echuca Moama. Uh, so we've, we've since relocated from Bunaloo to, to Moama. So we're, we were on a vineyard that's just been pulled out and we'll be a, a housing estate soon. But we're, sort of, we're country Australia, we're, we're 10 hours drive to Sydney, 10 hours to Adelaide and two and a half to Melbourne, two to the, the airport really. Um, so from our, our little factory, we, we send stuff to Hobart, Sydney, Perth, um, in a, mainland Australia as far north as 
Port Douglas, and then we we've we've got a um, a butcher's chain in Hong Kong as well that we supply. So we do uh, we sell a little bit to Coles, only pork pies, but and only in Victoria. But uh, we sort of do those um, high end butchers and uh, sort of the independent um, supermarkets, so like Drake's in South Australia or Harris Farms in Sydney. Um, yeah, so that's sort of our coverage. We do and a bit of pretty- food service as well. And it's pretty much the product line is, is, is pretty much the type of stuff you can't find, uh, you know, it's, that you're missing from, from the UK, isn't it? They're, they're, they're all British and Irish small goods. So I'll, I'll run you through the small goods. So nose to tell the free range pig. So the shoulder we turn into our sausages. We do like a Cumberland, a Somerset <coughs> apple cider, um, and the pork pies and scotch eggs come from from the shoulder uh, the loin uh, from the back we turn into a uh, cold smoke bacon so preservative and nitrate free we just use sea salt brown sugar and we cold smoke it uh, the lot the, the belly we turn to streaky bacon we just use different herbs and spices that's unsmoked again preservative and nitrate free um, the leg we turn to gammon joints of gammon steak so a, a gammon is basically a green ham or a raw ham that you would tend to to boil and bake or slow cook at home. Uh, most hams in the UK are baked hams, whereas in Australia, they're, they're generally hot smokes. We've got a bit of a niche there as well. Um, then we've got the offal products. So the black pudding, the white pudding, and the haggis. So black pudding, obviously uh, pig's blood. White pudding is very similar, just minus the blood. So it's, we use suet, onions, uh, breadcrumbs, um, uh, that sort of malarkey uh, cream. And then the haggis, which we make Australia's only award-winning haggis, of all things. Um, and we're probably Australia's biggest haggis maker as well. <laughs> not that there's very many of us. You might not know this, Jim, but you talk, there's an importer of Scottish tinned haggis products. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually a competitor to you. Oh, uh, are you really? <laughs> well, well, look, actually, like I've just actually came back from the UK uh, yeah. about a week and a half ago. Uh, and usually what I do is I import... Uh, about 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 six tins of uh, premium <laughs> premium canned haggis. Do you um, fantastic? Um, and I usually give most of that to Matt uh, because <laughs> mainly mainly because I don't have a dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but but this time I had to I had to switch up my import program uh, from mm. from tins of haggis to rat tests. But in terms of like it's it's interesting because what I, what I found interesting you know I'm, I'm the same as you I came around about the same time 2010 <clears throat> and, and I was actually quite surprised in how hard it was to get British products yeah considering the fact that you know there's actually about over a million British citizens living in Australia yeah so you got any ideas why there was never um, a huge market. I think, I think Brits assimilate quite easily, um, opposed to other cultures, maybe. Maybe it's the timing. So pork, as you know, goes off at the drop of a hat. So that's mm. why, uh, you know, um, in, um, in Jewish religion, Muslim, they don't have pork because it goes off. So it's a way of, you know. And I think Australia being so hot, it's going to be an issue. So I think that may be one of the reasons. And, and up until, you know, the last 50 70 years has not been any sort of refrigeration available so i think that's maybe a reason that we don't have it quite the same it's a big place um it's very hard to get stuff about we have learned that you know so it's very very hard to just ship even if it isn't refrigerated um 
so I think that's another reason why. But um, yeah, we we've been asked. We get so many people emailing. You know, they've hunting hunting for the product for for years and years and years. And and um, why why is the question? So they finally found us though. Anyway, which is the <laughs> which is good for us. But there is there's limited. I think there's maybe two or three manufacturers in each state with varying product product quality. Um, but it is very hard to source the ingredients as well. Black pudding has been an absolute nightmare. Um, so that, that that's one of the things that I, I, I've there's a there's a there's a British Scottish butcher who's who's very Scottish in yeah. in Sunbury who's yes who's makes me seem very non-Scottish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's very Glaswegian. Yeah. Um, but we, Matt and I visited his store as we were coming back from the airport one day. Yeah, and and that's what he was telling us that getting access to blood was the most difficult thing. Yes, because because when he spoke to processors, he was basically told the volumes you require, you know, were, were humongous. Where he didn't have the capacity to to use that, which was interesting. So yeah. So so, so where do you get your blood from? Well, if if you know um, uh, Stevie and Sunbury, I can't tell you because, <laughs> because I can't have him copied. Bas- <laughs> bas- no, we've, we've 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 been in his store. That's about as much as we know. Yeah, 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 yeah fair <laughs> dude. So so basically, um, when we started out our local abattoir, we used to get all their blood. Now, um, depending on the the line operators, um, and and you get different qualities with different um, types of blood. So beef blood uh, is is a lot drier. Than, than pork blood and they tend to use beef blood in, in Irish black puddings now ours is actually a Scottish recipe it's, it's probably as close to the Stornoway style as you would get um, so we, we have to use pig's blood basically we um, so we use our local abattoirs now they they closed down they've since reopened but they don't do any pig which was a real problem so we had to source it from varying abattoirs varying different qualities of blood we had to you know some of them just got it out of the trough at the end, so there'd be all sorts in it, um, so which we obviously couldn't use. Or sometimes there's a lot of water in there, so we had to, to basically sieve the blood. Now we actually buy it from Perth, and we have to buy it by the pallet and frozen because blood goes off in 10 hours. Right. So um, they, as soon as it's processed, they have to they, they put it into to buckets and they freeze it straight away. So as soon as there's a pallet, we buy a full pallet, hold it in our freezer, and then defrost as required. And that's the only way we've been able to do it now in the uk they tend to um to only use dry pig's blood hmm. uh, and in australia the only dry blood is uh, not for human consumption because it's not that the demand isn't that high and then you can't get it into the country because we've looked at that option as well the demand's so not very- the demand's not that high yet yeah, well, yeah. that's the thing. We're we're, we're yeah. working on getting the demand up because uh, you know anyone that's listened to the podcast in the past, Jim would know we're always advocating it, and you know, it, it, black pudding in particular is one of our you know yeah. favourites of all time, uh, being such a superfood and also being it is Envi- environmentally conscious. Exactly, it is. It environmentally, is. Uh, you know, like you're saying, your nose to tail style that yeah. you guys um you guys kind of uh, uh, you know are, are exponents of in yeah. terms of using all of the animal. Um, you know, to be slaughtering these these animals and not to be using everything possible to make delicious products yep. like black pudding um, would be wasteful. Um, so, you know, we're environmental warriors. Good. And we're Absolutely. Also, well, that's uh, the only reason I do it. It's for the, the environment. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, one, one of the, 
I've I've tried to substitute Scottish black pudding in the past when it was harder yeah. to find a proper black pudding, like British black pudding. Yeah. And so I sometimes substitute it because occasionally you'd be able to find Spanish or ah, Ge- yeah. German black pudding. Yeah. Why is that so bad? Um, look, black pudding was first described in Homer's Odyssey, so what, 800 BC. So uh, it's it's been around for a long time. And every nation, every every peoples on the planet have, have formed their own. And in China, they make sort of a blood jelly. In um, in Spain, they put rice in it, um, and that's part of the thing. So that's um, that's the difference. That's what the I was I was always wondering the the flecks of I was thought those flecks of fat, but they were too thin, so I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, so oh, that's rice. The makeup of a, of a black pudding is you need a cereal, you need something to soak up and to to add that sort of texture and bulk it out. So uh, rice, barley, we use rolled oats. You know, there's a variety. You need a fat. So whether it be back fat, whether it be beef suet, whether it be whatever. Um, so we, we use suet. The Scots tend to use suet. Lancashire, where I'm from, which is a very, very black pudding country, they tend to use back fat. Um, we, we find that suet is a better fat. It's a it's really good flavor to it. Um, mm. Plus, when we started the business, we were going through that phase where people didn't eat fat. You know, people eat with their eyes. If you see a chunk of back fat in a product, they, they turn and run. Even though we absolutely love it, you, you're playing to the market. And suet, there may be more fat in the pudding, but it sort of melts down, so you, you don't quite see it the same. And it's really yeah. well for us. Um, And suet, for those who don't know, is the fat Because you, you get that. Yeah. Is, is it the bury black pudding? Yes. That's really f- big fatty chunks in it, isn't it? If I remember. Um, yeah, traditionally it is. We had yeah. a tour. My wife and I did a, a UK black pudding tour well, when we could travel. What that's, was that, that's, that, sound, that sounds like my ideal holiday. It, it was <laughs> wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, we did a pork pie tour three years before that. My, my wife made me go for a run every morning. I was consuming that many. So... Uh, so it's just ta- it's great, ta- ta- great. Ta- tax deductible pork pies and black pudding. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, so I, we did a tour of um, of the Berry Black Pudding Company, their factory, which was just unreal, like a different league. Uh, they get all their blood from Spain, actually. But really interesting how they operate and and the, the tiny little things they do. We're like we learned so much. And I went down to Fruit Pig Black Pudding as well. And um, they're one of the, the very few fresh blood black pudding makers in the UK. And they're in all the top uh, butchers around the UK. But they, um, the guys, they actually have to spend a few days at the abattoir on the, the killing line just so they can take the blood, black, the blood, the blood back to, uh, to turn it into black pudding. So it's so, it's so hmm. interesting, the whole process. It's interesting. What, even in the old country. It's interesting what you say, too, about the different styles. Like Andrew mentioning he doesn't quite like the European versions of, of I guess, but black it's, pudding. It's, it's probably because I've been brought up on black pudding yeah. probably, probably four or five times a week. You see, my, um, <laughs> my, my wife, uh, her family's Hungarian, so they do a lot with pig. And, but their, their process uh, when they're doing the pig slaughter, because that used to traditionally be done like a lot of Europeans in Australia, that they just do it and make the product at home. But when they do their pig slaughter, um, they capture the blood there on the morning of the slaughter and cook it, cook it up right then and there as a breakfast. So it never even, it never even gets past the first kind of twenty minutes yeah. or so um, as you, as you wait, yeah, as you're hanging the pig and, and and letting it rest before you butcher the rest of the pig to make the sausages and to make the other products. Yeah. 
um, they they eat the blood as, as the group of people that are there as the yeah. first dish, a breakfast dish. Um, but the Italians, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this one, Jim, the Italians uh, put it into a dessert, the, the, yes. the pig blood, uh, with chocolate, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. I know it sounds peculiar, but it's it. actually – it's, it, it's delicious. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, it's called sanguinaca, and they um, – I'm sure I mispronounced that, but um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it makes this velvety top. It's almost like, again, like a pudding type consistency as in a dessert yeah. pudding type consistency, not, not a black pudding consistency, but um, it's fabulous. Fabulous dessert. But, you know, I'm not sure if Andrew's had that before. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to it because we've got to go to that <laughs> beef restaurant in Milan as well. That I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to find some excuse to go there for maybe the rule conference, but the, what, why, why we're talking about like, like, Let's be honest, like the three of us, we'd probably eat any meat, I'm guessing, uh, off off the back of this conversation. Why do you think it is such a – there is a bit of stigma. When you talk about, you know, blood-based foods or awful-based foods, there tends to be a lot of, ugh, that's disgusting. Yeah, It's polarizing. Um, You either love it or you hate it, is it? That's the experience we get. I don't know why it's become such a a, a thing. Like we – Australia – particularly as a top cuts country you know it's all about the cutlets and you know trotters are, are, are something you give to the dog whereas really these things are having a bit of a, a renaissance now they're coming back in and they are they're just they are fantastic cooked right and i, I think that's all to do with you know refrigeration uh, wealth of, of people all those sort of little things play a factor in what people eat and now people do understand you know an animal's got to die for for you to eat so you should really use no tail and we've we picked up so many customers that are after that ethos and want to try everything um but haggis is that haggis is by far the hardest sell like black pudding people can just about deal with that haggis has been the benchmark in australia for bad food forever you know <laughs> and people say to me you know haggis what what, what on earth is that you know it, oh it's got to be you know the brains and the you know so I, I do a tasting on a paddle steamer because obviously we're on River Murray. Chuka is the, the uh, Australia's furthest inland port. So I do a tasting on a paddle steamer once a week. And um, I obviously start off with the pork pies, tell people about the business. And I always bring out haggis because they're stuck on board. <laughs> they can't escape. <laughs> I say, this is Australia's only award winning haggis from the Delicious Award. Uh, I've done this tasting for two years and everyone has tried it. Apart from one person, we made them walk the plank. So don't be the second so everyone automatically has to try it, and lots of people don't because they're, you know, they're, they're weak. But you know, it's it's an opportunity to, you know, just give it a go, just a tiny little bit. You can throw it overboard if, if when I'm not looking, if you want, but give it a go. And it is everyone tries it, absolutely loves it. It so is but, delicious. To, to give people, like, I know what's in it. Probably, I think Matt knows what's in it. But what what is in a haggis? Uh, I'll go from highest um, volume of ingredients. So sawdust, then it's only joking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's uh, um, lamb's pluck. So the first thing to be plucked from the animal once it's dead, which is the heart, lungs, liver. Uh, just awfully good. We get rid of the trachea or any of the rubbish. Um, that with beef suet, that's around the kidneys of a cow. Uh, rolled oats, um, onion, uh, stock that the, the pluck's cooked in. Cayenne pepper, black pepper, sea salt. That's it. Just dead simple. Um, <coughs> that is piped into a sheep's stomach. Um, before COVID, it was always piped into a sheep's stomach. Post COVID, we we've got um, we put it into sort of like a, um, a synthetic casing now because we couldn't get hold of plucks, beef, yeah. ox, ox bungs, or or, um, or lamb plucks. So uh, just with the whole change in 
in the market. I think COVID was a good ex- excuse for people to get out of doing maybe unprofitable or nightmare lines, plus a lot of product was coming in from South, South America and, and that wasn't available anymore. So we've got a, a limited supply, but um, we had to change everything to a synthetic. So you will have tried our black pudding in a synthetic, but for the previous 12 years, it always been in, in ox, bung, or ox runners, uh, so the large intestine of a pig, or uh, sorry, small intestine of a cow. Yeah. Is that, so, is that going to be now a perm- permanent change, Jim, or, or if things normalise? And there's very much difference in taste, really. I don't know. Um, it is pro- I would say it's a better product now um, in the synthetic casing. Uh, we still do it. So for a chieftain, for a large haggis, we would still do that in an ox. And it's, you have to do it in a big one because it's more about the presentation. Mm. If you're cooking at home, though, because... Um, the stomach does smell like our gut, our team don't like washing out stomachs because it is quite a smelly job. My, uh, my great grandfather actually had a sausage skin making factory in Preston in, in Lancashire and he used to pay stink tax. It was that smelly job. That was, that was over a hundred years ago, but you know, it's, it isn't a pleasant like sausages in, in ox runners is a different league. You, you have them in synthetic and they're terrible. When it comes to a pudding, because they're not really taking on the flavour of the intestine, it's more of a, a something to cook them in. And we used to lose maybe ten percent through bursting because of our style of yeah. pudding. Um, sizes would vary. You know, we had to do it by hand. It was it was very labour intensive and very difficult. Whereas now we can produce a lot more and a higher end quality of product um, using the synthetic. But, um, and going back to the like the Australians being against it, but even in Scotland, there's a lot of people who wouldn't eat haggis. Yes. And, and, and I reckon even in the last 20 years, the popularity of haggis has increased massively. That's probably, that's probably the lowland Scots. I would imagine Andrew, the Highlanders would already haggis. Uh, (laughs) The Highlanders still don't have TV yet. So, you know, but in terms of, I know it's uh, what, what is it? Two weeks ago or last week. So I'm still getting used to the time. So last week was, was Burns night. Yes, and I, I actually I come from Burns country. You know, I'm you know two streets away from Robert Burns's house. Really, and, and uh, well, don't ask me to do any of the poetry because it's gonna... Robert Robert Burns's house, isn't it? Hoose? Well, Gosh, you've, been here, you've been here way too long. <laughs> well, the uh, and for and for all Australians listening, you know, he's probably the most common person to have a statue of in Australia. Uh, there's one in Ballarat, actually. There's, there's a Burns statue in Ballarat. One, there's one in Melbourne. There's one in Sydney. There's one in Adelaide. Uh, but there's also uh, we all sing "Old Lang Syne" on uh, New Year's Eve, which is Robert Burns's probably most famous songs. Anyway, that was a bit of a diatribe and a, a bit of a uh, Hoiberg tangent. Uh, last week was uh, actually I'll start again. In in Australia, we have Australia Day, and and that increase and there's a, an increase in demand for for lamb lamb cutlets and and matt matt is a is a meat analyst and so so we see that sort of increase in in demand for for lamb High, high, highest month for domestic consumption of lambs january for australia which is which is a good probably good job from mla promoting it with the lambassador and their ads and whatnot but probably more importantly than australia day is the the day before australia day which is burns night which which gives all the Scottish people an opportunity to go out and get pissed, uh, and have a free holiday the next day. So so that is that 
Burns Knight, would that be this period? Would that be your strongest demand period for Haggis, or yes. is it, or yes, is it, yes, or, yes. or or is it Haggai? <laughs> yeah, well, um, it, it certainly is. Um, it's been it's been COVID's been interesting because people have been cooking at home, and puddings are usually biggest during winter, and Haggis really has taken off now. The past two years, we, we're doing maybe what nearly a hundred times what we uh, did pre covid per week like it's right. just absolutely insane we'd make haggis once a month now we make it week in week out um for burns night this year was a bit of a shame because lockdown everyone's got covid i've currently got covid everyone's got covid so all the highland gatherings were cancelled so um everyone cancelled their chieftains um but even so every, the small retail ones went gangbusters because a lot of our retailers don't understand haggis, they don't understand Burns Night, they've not come across it before, they, everyone left it to the last minute to order or they, they didn't get it in time. Like I know one of our stocks in Brisbane was was 200 units short for Burns just because they, they left it too late or they didn't realise what the demand would be. Um, but it does, it's, it's huge. We have people take cases to Shanghai. We've supplied the British Army. Every parliament, uh, well, Victorian, uh, ACT and New South Wales Parliament, every Masonic Lodge under the sun, everyone wants haggis. Um, yeah, it is, and it's like Christmas for us. You know, hams at Christmas. Everyone goes looking around for, where's, where can I get a ham at this time of, of the, the, you know, on Christmas Eve? We're, we're doing the same thing. I'm, I'm, I've got all my stockists online and I'm, I'm saying, well, maybe you can try it and I'll phone them up and I'll, you know, and I have a few stockists in the, the, the state capitals with emergency chieftains just because everyone always leaves it to the last minute. And I just <laughs> send people to those guys. It is. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. For 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 the uninitiated, what is a chieftain? So a, a chieftain is basically ceremonial haggis, one that you would um, march down during a Burns night supper with a, a sort of a guard of honour and a and a piper behind. And you when you're reciting, there's a special poem for the haggis. Is is there not, Andrew? Yeah, uh, on that night. Come on, Jim. Great <laughs> chieftain of the pudding race. Say ye Benny Sunny Setty face. I apologise to all Scottish listeners now. <laughs> you did a you did a better you did a better Scottish accent than when it, uh, when Andrew, when Andrew does it. I'll tell you something else that's going to upset every Scot listening. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, the first recorded recipe for haggis was in a Lancastrian cookbook, so I've got a claim to that haggis. It's pro- probably probably stole it from us. It's a bit, it's a bit like the uh, it's a bit like the story of Pavlova and Lamingtons with New Zealand and uh, Australia. It, it, yeah. we've, re- we've revealed today that haggis is not actually a Scottish uh, d- d- dish traditionally. It's from Lancashire. I thought it was Roman or something as well. Everything comes from Rome, Rome. doesn't it? Probably yeah. is. Probably is. Well, you don't have to tell us an exact number, but just f- roughly how many haggises. Or Haggai, do you think you guys would produce a year without without giving away any secret uh, intelligence? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll be open and honest. So, um, on a on a weekly basis, we would probably make about quarter to half a ton. Um, every week through January, we were doing about a ton to ton of- for, for Burns Night. Yeah, and we would have done more if we hadn't have had the lockdown. Mm. And and the haggis would be, what what size is the haggis? Is it here? Uh, so on so average? Our, re- our, our retail Turn- ones are pound haggis. So that's the sort of traditional size in Scotland. So a pound is about four hundred and fifty-one grams, four hundred and fifty-two grams, something like that. 
so we do a 450 gram haggis um, and then we do the chieftain. So one kilo, two kilo, 2.5 and three. So the two kilo we find is the most popular size and they just look great. And most pots can fit. You know, most people have a pot that can fit a two kilo haggis so you can roast it in the oven. So, um, yeah. And you, now you'd mentioned earlier too, Jim, you'd said yourself, like yourself, you, you've, you're currently in lockdown with COVID and I had it about a fortnight yeah. ago. So it's obviously getting and doing the rounds. We, we know, uh, you know, just more broadly speaking from the, from the livestock sector that um, January we saw lower slaughter in uh, south, su- southeastern abattoirs across the board, New South Wales, yeah. South Australia, Victoria, all had issues with workforce. Um, so some were saying 30 to 50% of their workforce out uh, at any yeah. given time because of, because of COVID, um, you know, the spread of this new, new variant. Have yeah. you guys, are you seen the similar thing that, that yeah. The, yeah. you yeah. have real issues with labour? Totally. We had 50% of our team off um, some holiday pre-booked and some COVID. I think everyone in a tuker under the age of 24 got COVID on New Year's Eve. Too much snogging. So um, we've just, it's been a nightmare with, team christmas is our busiest time so all of our stockpiles were empty and january is apart from burns is usually a lot quieter january february our quietest months everyone's on holiday they're on their diets trying to get the beach bods you know new year's resolution so we are we tend to be haggis gets us through january and february's usually very quiet um this year you know people um we couldn't have, we don't have a staff we don't have a stock and people are eating at home so we've not been able to produce enough for the demand. So it's been a real nightmare. So it's been, you know, it's been good to be busy. But his, historically, you said too, that obviously when you first started out, you relied heavily on the backpacker uh, labor force. Yeah. Did that, did, did that change as, as the business grew and you got more regulars or, or were there times, you know, pre COVID, were there times where you still had a fair degree of backpackers within the no, workforce? No, we, so, we, so we, uh, we moved into to Moama uh, two years after starting business and when we relocated we got apprentices at first and then a butcher and then you know so on and so forth so we don't have backpackers now because they used to be with you for a three-month period and as soon as they were good they'd leave and training was a nightmare <coughs> and with our with our job it is a really high skills it's not you can't just turn up on the line and be able to slice bacon or make put pies like there's a real touch and feel and smell you need you need the skill so it, and it takes 12 months to really get that. You know, a few people can, can pull it off in six months, but it just it takes time. So we've got, we've, we've got um, local guys, really, that uh, they're our team. Two butchers of bacon and a florist used to be my catchphrase because that was our, our core production team once upon a time. Um, we got a florist because we couldn't find any candlestick makers. But uh, <laughs> for an ex-florist, we made everything gorgeous. So... Um, so yeah, it has been a problem. Getting ingredients has been a bit of a nightmare, but with the blood, the offal, we buy them in pallets because it's, you know, people tend to, I don't know what they do with them, ship them, to, ship them overseas, uh, turn them into dog food, I don't know, but we can only get quality stuff if we get it frozen. So, and everything's fresh frozen, so we work with those fresh. So fortunately, we had a bit of a stockpile of those. Um bacon like pigs have been a bit harder sizes have been all over the place you know it's just and we being a, a wholesale um a butcher for wholesale our bacon needs to look the same week in week out so it's very difficult when we work with varying producers you know sometimes it can be so fatty 
people won't buy it. So we, it, that's been a bit tricky and a bit tough. And some we've not been able to, to turn into streaky bacon. We've just had to turn it into pork pie meat, which, you know, we lose on. But we, you know, we damage our brand if we sold a second rate product, even mm. though it probably tastes just as good. Um, I've got a few customers that would buy it uh, on a food service base, but even food service has been so down. Yeah. Take the pressure off in January, but half of our customers have been closed or, you know. Because traditionally the food service, um, in, I know in the pork space, um, it's about 25% from memory of, of kind of Australian product goes into the food service for pork. Is yeah. that a similar kind of ratio for you guys that, that out of your kind of turnover would, would, would about 20 to 25 go to the food service or is it higher? Uh, it, it would be, it would, this time of year, it'd be about 25%. Um, historically, it was 50% until COVID hit and we had to get out of it because it was all closed. Uh, and we went into retail in a big way and we haven't really seen the food service come back the same. Uh, food service is hard. Like, I, I, love, I love working with chefs and, and uh, that, but they are quite difficult. Whereas a chef leaves a business, you know, he moves on quite regularly. So it's a lot of work keeping them in the fold. Whereas mm. with retail, once you're in, unless mm. there's some kind of problem or the product doesn't sell, you're in. So we find that, and a lot, we pick up a lot of chefs from retail. Like they'll see the product and then we'll get, get into a restaurant off the back of that. Uh, plus retail, you, you, sort of, you can budget what they're going to do depending on the season, depending on the week, depending what previous sales were like. So it's easy to budget, whereas food service, you can try. God, you can try, but it's not always It's quite as easy as that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just just a thunderstorm can affect everything. So, and, and a big part of our stuff is you don't want to let your customer down. You've always got to have product in, in supply. And that's why the puddings have been the best thing because there are one product with serious shelf life. Mm. Before COVID in natural casings, three weeks on the puddings and the haggis. Now we've got five months with our new casing. And that's because oh, of, of, of the different casing, it, it the extends, casing. extends the product. Yeah, that's a, that's oh, a big, it's just, big saving. It has just been the best thing ever. It, it saved us time because we don't have to put it into vacuum bags anyway. So we were putting it in plastic anyway, so it's just straight into the plastics. It's been phenomenal. So that's been a really good thing. And then our retail customers and our private customers have confidence to stock that product and have it on the shelves and they can hold it you know so they used to get haggis in for burns like that'll be in now they get it all year round and people eat it all year round it has been great um so yeah so it's simple things you would never think have really changed our business so one, one of the things in agriculture we're always looking to innovate mm. and and on your website you've got the ethos make what we miss yes and You've obviously got to innovate and bring out new things. What's the next thing? Or, 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 or do you want me to tell you what I want you to do? <laughs> it's going to be one of those square, yeah, what's it called? square right. sausage or something. What's, no, what's we, we do lawn. We do lawn sausage. We do lawn oh, sausage. Lord, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm you at... can order that through through uh, you, you Butcher Club and Delacombe. They will get lawn in. They do order it quite regularly. Um, it is, look, it, you tell me, it was, is lawn the thing? Is lawn the product that you're missing? No, actually, I... I actually don't really like lawn sausage, and uh, I, I like okay. it. I actually, you know, because I'm from the south, and my and my grandmother's from uh, Manchester, so yep. so I sell more of a lynx sausage as opposed to lawn. I'll still eat it, you know, I like it, uh, yep. but I just also always find it's too dry. Uh, so maybe I'm not a true Scotsman. Uh, <laughs> what 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 I'd like to see is, and I don't know if you guys do this, is a Scotch pie. Like a like a mutton yes, pie. Yep, it, that is on the list. That has oh. been on the list for ten years. Um, it's it, but it is just getting the scope. They are fantastic. I know, I know. Yes. And if 
when we next take on a product, it will either be that or a faggot. Oh, um, a faggot, yep. And yeah. for people for people listening, it's it's not the offensive use of the term. Um, so obviously a faggot. And it's, and, it's, and it's not a bundle of sticks? No. Uh, but <laughs> describe a faggot, because we I, that's, I actually I didn't get faggots when I was in Scotland to get the chance, but I did see them in Tesco's. And I did it to actually think that is something Australians would love. It, it basically is a British meatball, isn't it? It's um, it's got liver in it, pork, and it's wrapped in coal fat. I've um, never had. I, I spent two years in the UK, and I never saw that one. That's yeah, one but, I've missed you, entirely. You were in London well, working for a bank, probably just eating oysters and doing. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't worry about the oysters. <laughs> Well, I, and I'll be honest with you, I've never had a faggot either. I, um, I, well, I left the UK when I was 18, so I've really spent all my adult life, apart, well, I was at uni, obviously, so, but uni's a different world <laughs> to, to growing up in England. Am I, am, I thinking, um, am I thinking of the same thing as you, actually? What are you thinking of, then? Uh, well, I'm thinking of the more like the sausage meat wrapped in, wrapped in frying stick. A beef olive. Uh, no, you're not. You're not thinking of a, a, a faggot. faggot. No. No, no, I'm thinking of something else. Well, well, there you go. There's another product. Beef olive. There we go. Yeah, that would. <laughs> I'll look into uh, it. Australians would love that. Well, do you know? I'll, and this is interesting. Is how many times I get asked for products. Is is the lot? You know, whether we need to go down that route. And we started out with just pork pies and pork sausages, and people told everyone would ask us for black pudding. Then it became haggis and so on and so forth. Faggots and and Scotch pies we get asked for quite regularly at the moment. Asked me a year ago, and and no one really was asking for them. So it's, I don't know. People are hankering for things from home, but um, pickled uh, beef pick, olive. Pick, I've, 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 you are number one, top of the list. They're they good because it's like it's like a sausage wrapped in meat. Like, so, so wrapped in beef. Wrapped in beef, yeah. Like, wrapped in like a like like a steak, or? like like a sandwich stick. Oh really? And then you you can have it in gravy. It's good. Maybe it's a Scottish thing, actually. I'm not sure. Well, I know. So, um, if I could get out of the house to the supermarket, it'd be on the menu for tea tonight. But I may have to wait for uh, the Freedom um, Day to, well, <laughs> to give whilst, that a go. Whilst, uh, whilst you've also got, um, you know, obviously meat products, I would like to see pickled onion monster munch. If you could replicate them, I've got it. Whenever I go back to the UK, I've got a chef in Melbourne that I have to smuggle some back for. Yep. I sellotape them around my body and. <laughs> And I think that adds to the adds to the flavour, Jim. Yeah, it does. It does absolutely. I take them out the pack. Yeah, take them out. And 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 look, the the only other one is potato scones, tarry scones to to go along with the the sausage and bacon and black pudding and haggis. So we we've got a customer called the Kilted Haggis. Yep, I know I know it well. You know it well. Australia's only haggis or Scottish food van food truck uh, they're our biggest haggis buyer and we buy their tatty scones for some of our wholesale customers because they buy so much of our haggis so do you, and they do, do you, a good job do you know one of the funniest things that, that i thought i was a bit of i was kind of offended but then i was kind of proud at the same time is i was at the uh, the grazeland which is a yes. food foodie truck sort of place amazing place to go to for for lunch because there's so much choice and I can't go past, obviously, Scottish food. Even even if I don't even if I don't feel like eating it, I can't go past it. I've got to. And uh, so yeah. I ordered, ordered some food, and I was standing there waiting for it to come. 
And this place has got thousands of people walking by. And it was so funny to hear people as they as they walk by, oh, there's Indian food, and then there's Mexican or whatever. And then they would walk past the Scottish one and go, there's Scottish food. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> and you're sort of like, mm, that's maybe people should give it a try rather than just automatically dismissing it out of out of just no, totally. And and that's the thing. I think they did so well because of that earth factor. You know, people just going, oh, go on, then I'll do it for a bet. They had lots. I know they had heaps of uh, interest on YouTube, and you know, people these dining experiences. Well, we're going to try Scottish food. Wow, look at this! Oh, it's actually brilliant, and it is such a such a fantastic food. It it isn't the most appetising. Um, I've got to give you that. Well, it doesn't. Uh, look, it, uh, Scottish food doesn't it does, look good. Does not look good, but it tastes fantastic. But it gets you through those cold winter nights. It does. It is comfort. It is comfort food all the way. Marvelous stuff. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, one, one of the things I think I've surprised myself and, uh, and I've surprised a lot of people who would listen to this and that there's somebody else who knows more about black pudding than me <laughs> uh, or, or somebody who talks more about black pudding than me. Because I've just spent the last month basically having black pudding for breakfast every morning. And well, speaking, speaking I've, of I've, innovation. I've, 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 I've added an extra 10 years onto my life. <laughs> Speaking of innovation, uh, Andrew, it wasn't that long ago, I think just when you were coming back from the UK, my wife decided to put black pudding into a frittata, which was actually fantastic. I think I posted it on, online, a picture of the, it's a first, first for black pudding, using it as an ingredient in, uh, in frittata, which was, um, you know, you, you don't just have to have it as a breakfast fry up, you can have it you know, in our yeah. house, it's, it's eaten through the whole day. So versatile. Deep fried and butter. Yeah. Haggis used instead of minced beef in a lasagna or, mm. you know, bolognese. Absolutely awesome. I, I imagine you, you're being a butcher is, is a bit like any other business. You'll be looking at competition, looking overseas at what people do and getting ideas. Uh, one of the things I found, and I'm not going to say I was disgusted by it because um, I'm trying to be more civil and trying to be more, more open minded. Uh, but I looked at Simon Howie. I don't know if you know Simon yes, Howie. Yeah. Major, major butchers in, in, in Scotland. It's sort of started off like you guys, small scale, and now yeah. is humongous. But they have, in Scotland, we quite often have like a breakfast pack, which yes. is uh, all the bits you need for breakfast in a pack. So you can mm-hmm. just buy it, shove it in a frying pan, boom, five minutes ready. Yeah. You've taken off five minutes off your life. Yeah. But, but uh, one of the things I saw was this Simon Howie. Uh, I actually thought it was uh, like one of those kids' toys, you know, like the, the, the sort of the plastic food for, for kids to play with uh, <laughs> in, in, in their fake kitchens. But it was a vegan Scottish breakfast oh, yeah. tray. And it was it was uh, vegan black pudding, vegan haggis, vegan Lauren sausage, vegan yeah. bacon. And obviously the Tariscon was just... Normal, I think. Oh, or did it have it? Teddy's got bacon in it. <laughs> Teddy's corn was just a bit of bacon. Um, yeah. But in terms of, have you guys thought about you know a vegan line? Because in in reality, it, like haggis, vegan haggis is not that bad. I've been told. I'm trying myself because I've yeah, no, I'm no, self-respecting. Say so. Our, the guy that designed all our packaging, um, he's he uh, is from Wigan in the UK, so a neighbouring town to Chorley, my hometown. Yeah. And uh, he's since uh, he designed the packaging, used to pay him in food. He loved it. 
since moved to Adelaide now is vegan. You know, breaks my heart. <laughs> so whenever I'm in Adelaide, we visit him and, and he cooks up, you know, he makes us vegan haggis and what, and it is fantastic stuff. But I suppose, look, we are butchers at the end of the day and you want to please everyone. And that's been our biggest mistake through, I suppose, business is doing things that don't always make us, not, not just make us money or make us happy, but, but flow with the whole business. And we do these things just to make our customers happy. And if we ever get a complaint, it's because we've gone outside of our, our box and, and done these, these things just to, you know, help people. Like we made a, what was it? I can't think of the name of the, the pudding, but you know, we, we've done, we've gone off, off brand, we've gone off spec and we've done silly things and, and we have questioned it and we've sometimes just need to look in the mirror and go, do you know what? what we're trying to do is, is everything is free range. It's all good quality ingredients and it's no tail. And that's who we are. And let's not try and pretend to be someone, someone we're not. Plus I've been asked maybe four times for vegan haggis and only at Burns night. So yeah. look, if you want to make vegan haggis, I've got a recipe that I just share with them and say, look, here you go, give it a go. But that's, that's it at the end of the day. It's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. You don't have to send that to me. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm good with just the... I'm a I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick with the regular Haggis things anyway. But, um, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. But we thought we'd just ask. Because you know, yep. we may have vegan listeners. Absolutely. Well, look, and it's, it's all part of understanding meat, I'm sure. I'm sure you've got all these... Um, we don't get any hate mail or anything like that, like a lot of butcher friends I know. Um, <laughs> because we stay under the radar, maybe. I don't know. But it is that it, the world is changing and you do need to be current, don't you? You need to, need to keep on your toes and you need to be, you need to change things. I'm more for the maybe eat less meat, but eat good quality stuff or eat nose to tail. And that's what we're about. So, in, in terms of, I don't, I don't want to take you too long because I know you're, you're outside just now and you've probably got some of this. You, you, the only vitamin D I've had. It's a bit of a moment of quiet away from the kids. You've probably got a similar uh, tolerance to the, the sun that I have. Uh, but <laughs> in terms of, so that people understand, like a lot of people perceive black pudding haggis to be, you know, leftovers type of the rubbish. Yeah. But there's a lot of talk about food inflation and whatnot and, and people looking more at the price of food, like old ScoMo got chastised for not knowing the price of a loaf of bread the other day. What does, um, Matt, this is, I'm going to be passing this question on to you as well. Mm. What is the cost of a, like per kilo of haggis or per kilo of black pudding? Uh, we, we retail it or recommended retail be $30 a kilo. Um, is that for both or? That, that uh, pretty much for both. They're about the same. Um, now we haven't upped our price for maybe for those products for maybe for seven, eight years. And where we're saving money is by efficiencies. Um, like we've the, the actual, the natural casings cost so much. So yeah, we spent a fortune on this equipment to be able to produce it without it. So that sort of covered that cost, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, for inflation and the cost of everything has. I think the ingredients for haggis have doubled over the past, you know, year. Like everything is is going through the roof. But so, so, so Matt, what's roughly what is a steak costing? Uh look, depending on the cut, but you, you're talking more than thirty dollars. I mean, the average retail price for beef, so average across all types, is about twenty five bucks a kilo. But that includes obviously the mince and the yeah. lower quality cuts, and then your higher end. You know, I, I actually saw. Just on, on Twitter yesterday, 
um, a, 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 a decent quality cut of um, lamb cutlet was going for, I think, $9.99.90 a kilo. $13 per cutlet. No, this, uh, no that, that, that's, yeah. what, that's what it works out to. Yeah. A piece, you mean a piece, right? Yeah. Per, per cutlet, um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I think that's the first time that the lamb product of that type has gone close to cracking the $100 a kilo mark. But, you know, there are some beef cuts in, you know, the, the, the premium end um, that, are, that are above that as well, above $100. So, but. so I just want to confirm as well, before I say this next statement, is uh, we are not paid as... Uh, Ag watchers <laughs> by Pat Dunn Park. No, we are. Or, or, no. or, or the Australian Blood Pudding Association. <laughs> um, or, 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 or the Freemasons of, of the Scottish Freemasonry uh, for the Haggis Association. But mm. you're talking about a product that is highly nutritious. Uh, you know, it's full of iron, full of zinc, you know, all those other bits. Tastes good. And it's also cheap, you know, compared to, compared to a lot of meat products. So, and environmentally sound. And environmentally sound. <laughs> so do yourself a favour, folks. And if you haven't had if you haven't had black pudding or haggis or any of the products of that nature, um, get out there and try it. And we can recommend Pacton Park as a uh, as a as a good example of um, quality product in that space. That's our ad. That's our ad, Andrew. Yeah, but we're but only we're only recommending <laughs> it because because uns, uns, we only recommend it because. We, we have tried it and we think it is of, of high quality. And, and to be honest, I actually thought it was better than a lot of... Don't mind my, my Auntie Julie might be listening. Oh, mate. Yeah, you, uh, you, won't be able to, you won't be able to let back into Scotland if you but, say what you're going to say. But I've got to say, I've actually found a lot of Scottish products in Australia, like the Pacton Park ones, pork pies especially, actually. I don't like pork pies when I'm back in the UK, mainly because I'm Scottish and I'll gravitate towards uh, a scotch pie but i've got to say the packton park pork pies are pretty good and do you remember we were going on a road trip matt mm, we were going to no we did when we went, oh, to, adelaide, you the one. Yes, when, yeah, when yeah. We went to adelaide last year yeah yeah i remember yeah and, and i came to pick you up and i said i've got a treat for you i told because i remember this day before i said oh, i've got a treat for us because we're driving to adelaide and i had two packton park pork pies in a little box and then I forgot to bring them, and and that was it was disappointing. And then my wife took mm. them to I think my wife took them to work and gave them to someone. Yeah, oh, dear mate. So, so I reckon that's we don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, how, how, how just just at the end of this, let me know your address, and I'll. Uh, do you want fifties or hundreds? How do you want? How do you want pay? Or, or haggis? <laughs> just just just, just 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 an intravenous drip with yeah. with, with black pudding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of those uh, one of those chieftains every second week would be just fine. And if you can send me a photo of your Isle of Packton Park tattoo, that would be great. Well, well, I'll get well, it on Instagram. Well, it's 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 a funny one because we took some clients out, didn't we? Um, mm, we did back in oh, pre pre COVID. In, yeah, yeah. in between COVID, we went to yeah. San Telmo's, which is a nice Argentinian. Yeah, black, we had black pudding there as well, did we not? Well, yeah, it was that. Uh, it was a, a Spanish. Oh, style. Spanish, Spanish one. It wasn't, wasn't, but it was no good, you know. Anyway, but <laughs> um, and and there was a few people. I think maybe Sally didn't. Mm. Uh, she didn't. I don't think she tried it, or did she? Mm. Anyway, uh, so afterwards we thought, right, well, you know, we've been to this Argentinian restaurant. We better, we better bring things down a level. So we went to the Highlander Bar. Oh, fantastic. In, uh, it's such a shame they're closing down. 
Hello. I think I think we yeah. went to I think we brought it down more than just A level. <laughs> They're closing down. Jeez. Yeah, uh, COVID COVID knocked them too hard. Such a shame. Like they they've always bought our stuff. They've been fantastic. Yeah, um, whenever we're in Melbourne, we always go there. It's such a laugh, but no, they're closing down. Real shame. Oh, we would have we we would have kept them going for probably an extra week after our bar bill. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jim, like it was really, really was uh, fascinating to hear about the, the black pudding and, and cement my views that black pudding is the superfood of the world. And uh, wish you all the best. And uh, I'm looking, I'm, Matt and I are, are, are we will be looking to book our... Uh, our trip to the border regions so that we can, we'll find some conference or something that we can speak at so that we can pop across. Cause I actually tried to come last year uh, because I was in Cobram and, uh, yep. but it was in between lockdowns and the border was closed. So that, that has been such a nightmare. And, and really I, I, was, I was, I was just looking at it. I was looking across the river. I could see the new South Wales <laughs> and I was thinking, Ah, if only, if only, but... You could smell, you could smell the haggis from over the Murray. <laughs> yeah. No worries, no, no, it's been great. It's been great. If you're ever in the Tukamama, do call out. I'll uh, I'll get, if you come out on a uh, on a Thursday, I'll get you on the, the pudding line. No, sounds pudding good. Line. Sounds that, good. That, that could be our next live show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, thanks for, thanks for coming along. And, Pleasure. Uh, all the best for the future and it's a really interesting story to see how you've started from well nothing really and yeah. and it's one of these discussions that we have a lot a lot of fa- the industry agriculture industry in general talks a lot about you know value adding the product and you know doing that whole vertical integration and look you've shown that potentially it is possible if you've got the energy and and a product and, and the pa- and the passion, a, a passion. And, a ma- and a market that's it. Yeah, you know, no, it's, a, it's been a, it's been a fantastic podcast. I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, a, million, a, a million pommies to uh, to sell to. So. <laughs> yeah. You got to be a little bit mad as well, which I'm sure your um, your initial test for me will prove. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm a bit sort of a, a bit worried. Let's just say, but but we <laughs> probably can't get your dispensation because you've got COVID at the moment. Mm. Yeah, thank you. So we'll take that into account. No good, worries. Good. Thank you very much. No thanks, very much. Thanks, for, thanks for coming on, Jim. It's been fantastic. No You're doing, doing a great job. Enjoy the product. Yes, Enjoy the podcast. Um, see you when you got nothing on, folks. Ciao for yeah. now.